Okay, ladies and gentlemen and variations thereof, welcome to the Selectives Lorecast, a casual Elder Scrolls podcast. Uh, my name is Rotten Deadite, and today we're talking about Akatosh. Uh, this is actually the first in our series of Adra-themed uh, streams, um, or podcasts, excuse me, where we're just going to go through every one of the uh, Adra. I'm pretty sure we're doing them in alphabetical order, and um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about... Akatosh. Yeah, I mean, well, but we'll we'll talk about variations that take into account, you know, uh, various racial beliefs and such. Um, anyway, I previ- I just mentioned my name is Rotten Deadite, and with me today are Felix, also known as Banuhana Masaishi, as Jonathan, also known as Sothis on Reddit and everywhere. Yeah, the next one would be RK. That's right. Oh, uh, hey, the uh, uh, I'm still on the uh, splash screen. Hi, there we are. <laughs> hey, wonderful. It didn't right. quite do it right this time. Uh, there we go. It's fine. I'm not going to do fine. it over. I'm not I, not after the last one. <laughs> <laughs> that was nuts. Like, that all right, third th- time's the charm, right? Right. Fourth time's the charm. Fifth time's the charm. Yeah. Repeatedly over and over and over again. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I apologize. I'm very jet lagged. I just got back from Denver and like last night at midnight. And so. I don't know. I don't know where my head is. Um, so I'm going to talk about something that loses its mind a lot. Um, Perfect. So uh, the first thing I, I think we need to cover is, uh, I, I mean, we've, we've discussed the Adra in a previous podcast in, in a very general sense. Uh, and, one, and I am going to kind of rehash a couple of points very briefly, specifically um, the idea of, uh, oh, that's a good point, Matthew. I just realized you were talking that I probably don't need to be streaming this in 60 FPS. That's valid. Um, so a uh, frame rate's really important to this stream. <laughs> you got to get your, got to get your lore at 60 frames a second. Um, so the, one of the things that I, one of the first things I wanted to cover that I don't think we covered in our, pre, in our previous general age stream was the idea of people worshiping uh, forces of nature. Uh, we, we do occasionally make little nods every once in a while to, uh, older religions like, you know, nature-based religions like Shintoism, we're usually talking about Shinto, uh, that worship, uh, aspects of nature or gods, uh, that reflect, uh, what we now consider to be natural, uh, processes. And the purpose of the Adra were to take on the... Uh, well, one of the suggested purposes of the Adra was the uh, <laughs> was to was to have uh, uh, divine entities take on the rules of uh, nature, and you can cue your Metal Gear Solid theme at this point. Um, and the reason why this is why that's important is because uh, obviously Mundus could not exist without rules. That's part of the whole principality of the thing. You have to have. Uh, you have to uh, place rules around a concept in order for the concept to become real. That's just the basic sort of, I don't know, we don't have a term for it, but I guess wheel theory in the Elder Scrolls. Um, if you ever want to create something, you have to take total chaos and then, inher- and then introduce limits or rules, limitations. And that's, what, that's where reality comes from. And Akatosh is one of the generally considered by a few... Uh, uh, cultures in the Elder Scrolls to be one of the eight rules of nature that now uh, uh, that that are responsible for creating uh, reality. 
yeah. and specifically, Akatosh is the god of time, uh, of Dragon. linear event. So without Akatosh, you can't have things like a future, and without Akatosh, you can't have things like a past, which also means that without Akatosh, you can't have a thing like memory, because if you have no previous events, you can't remember anything. So I agree, Matthew. I think Akatosh is probably, you could probably argue, and I would probably agree with you, that Akatosh is the most important and relevant Aedra. Uh, to the existence of Mundus. Uh, I would probably say that Lorcan is at least right up there with him, if not equally important, because Lorcan also represents the uh, concept of three-dimensional space and of, you know, of, uh, of the separate physical separation, which is also very important. But a lot of very early religions in, uh, a lot of very early cultures in Tamriel reference Akatosh almost every time. And they don't necessarily have a, a, an analog for physical space, which is what Lorcan is supposed to represent. Or what Lorcan could represent. Um, so do we want to what do we do we want to cover at all the variations of the the sort of thematic cultural variations of Akatosh meaning like the Khajiit's version of Alkosh at all where do you guys want to well, start well okay so they all kind of occupy the same sphere but the problem is that there are differences between them i mean Alkosh is for the Khajiit Yep. Whereas Ariel is for the Altmer, right? So mm -hmm. it, there are these these differences. So you could kind of view them all as part of the same Akka shard, if you will. Sure. Um, but I generally tend to view them as different deities because different people worship them by worshiping them, give them a form of power and influence. And well, it's mm -hmm. it's their Nimic, right? Like Alkosh is not Akatosh by virtue of his Nimic. Mm -hmm. um, however, that does mean we should probably talk about how Akatosh became Akatosh and was separated from Ariel with the Myrokati Selectus, which is, fun fact, people, if you didn't already know, that's mm -hmm. where this lore cast gets its name from. That's right. Uh, I don't know what Jonathan wants to add to that, though. Um, I mean, how how everything splits off. As mentions in the Aldudaga, seven fights of the Aldudaga. Aldudaga, yeah. What you say that right? Jesus. I mean, I mean, I'll start off with that. So there's this concept that's been flown around for years of the of the. I think it was originally posted as the shattered mirror theory or something like that, where Akatosh or the Akka shards were all pieces of a, a broken mirror. And that mm -hmm. mirror was the original time dragon. Yeah, but, Akka. but the Aldugada, did I get it right? Aldugada. Damn it. Aldu I told, I'm going to get it wrong every time. Yeah. Um, it mentions how uh, Alduin was shed from Akatosh or uh, Akatusk. Mm -hmm. So I think, I've always thought it's less of a breaking and more of a transformation from uh, aspect to aspect. Possibly, although the breaking, the reason why you keep seeing references to Al Akatosh or Alkosh or whatever, um, Altusk or whatever, 
Akatusk uh, breaking in some respect is because of, you know, that's tends to be what Akatosh does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. Um, but it, it does represent, it does sort of illustrate how fragile time is in Mundus. And right. uh, as any reasonably knowledgeable lore nerd knows, um, breaking Akatosh is something that people seem to be doing for a hobby. Uh, yeah. There, there's like a club. They have t-shirts. Uh, and, and that's a shame that it happens as often as it does as sort of like a plot device in Elder Scrolls lore, because it's supposed to be obscenely hard to do. Well, okay. I, I want to touch on that. I don't think it actually happens as much as people think it does. So there's a, there's a lot of people who like basically one of the big things that people who are kind of into the lore tend to do is talk mm-hmm. about the dragon break as a uh, retcon device. Yes. And even, um, oh, now I don't remember who it was. Someone, one of the ESO devs was asked if uh, uh, if ESO took place in a dragon break. Yep. And he said, no, it is canon. And I think that kind of does a disservice to the concept of a dragon break. Yeah, just because it's in a canon break doesn't mean it isn't canon. Exactly. The original concept of the Dragon Break created because of the Warp of the West was to consolidate the six, well, six of the seven, I think it was. Yeah. Six of the endings of uh, Daggerfall as these all actually happened at the same time. Because, again, Bethesda tries really hard not to neutralize player choice. Yeah. Right, exactly. So. Um, so, so I mean, I can list off the known dragon breaks just on one hand, pretty much. It's mm-hmm. you've got uh, the middle dawn, mm-hmm. the the red moment, mm-hmm. Rimmon, Rimmon, uh, the activation of Rimmon. Yeah, in Rimmon, the first time they activated was it Rimmon? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Rimmon. The first time they act, the first time that. Uh, Tyrosephtum activated Numidian. No, no, that, uh, isn't that the Arcturian heresy where Tyrosephtum becomes Tyrosephtum and puts the Mantala into the Numidium and that causes the dragon break? Yeah, but didn't he do that in yeah, in halls of in the halls of Colossus? Yeah. Okay. Which oh, is the hall of in, Colossus elsewhere. How's that? Yeah. Not okay. in Renan, but in elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was yeah, that's why I was like, I don't think it's gonna happen in Renan, but yeah. Okay, so uh, so okay, so, so back yeah, it up. Let's do Alan it again. Or, um, hold on. Let, let's start over. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so the middle dawn, middle dawn, red moment. Elsewhere, yeah. Alinor. The activation aluminium. I'm sorry. What's the fourth one? Alinor. Alinor. Uh, when it attacks con- Alinor. To, to conquer it. When he's trying yes. to conquer yes. it. Mm-hmm. To conquer it. Uh, warp in the west. Warp in the west. Basically, the new Sigic quest line. There was a mini one. Well, yeah. There's a little bit of one. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, sick. If you can consider Alduin's trap through time a dragon break, it kind of uh, is. I really don't. Though. I don't. I don't, I don't like to. Yeah, I don't like to, but I know a lot of people who do. And end of list. Maybe the soul. Uh, maybe the soul burst. Maybe. Mm-hmm. End of list. It doesn't happen that often. Well, so far. And then, I mean, we've also oh, got, there's a well, dragon break when, um, when Numidium comes back in the, 
fifth era. Okay. Also, I yeah. would argue, I would argue that uh, a form of Dragon Break occurred when uh, Akatosh had all his elven traits purged out of him to become Akatosh, the god of men. Well, that's the middle dawn. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, I, I and, and like, like the, dance, the dance of the tower, the dance of the dragons, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, it takes place those, in the middle of dawn, right? Okay. Right, exactly. Um, and like 90% of those are just Numidium. Like, it's hard to do unless your name is denied. Numidium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, unless your name is, uh, to put it as Trainwiz said, Brass Daddy. Yeah, Brass Daddy. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Brass, Brass Daddy is uh, a uh, that, that's um that's Sotha Sill. Yeah, okay, sorry, Sotha yeah. Sill is the Brass yeah. Daddy. Yeah. N- Numidium is Numi Chan, right? Sotha right. Sill is Brass Daddy. Mm-hmm. Numidium is Numi Chan. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, All this right. is this is if you've ne- <laughs> if you guys have never played ESO with Train Wiz, I highly recommend it. It's <laughs> it's <laughs> yes. like meme gold. <laughs> his, dude, even his house is a meme. Have you been to it? Hmm? No. Oh no! He, he built a train out of all of the house goods. Of course, because of course he did. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, what a man! But anyway, we're starting to get off topic. So yeah. So X Witch like, is asking so, so how does exact, exactly breaks. how does a dragon break work anyway? And um, mm-hmm. and that's sort of like uh, explaining how a dragon break works is difficult because we've never actually we, we rarely if ever get reports of. Uh, first-hand reports of what it's like. Uh, ESO does explain it a little bit, but basically what we've gathered is that multiple events can happen happen simultaneously that are contradictory. So um, there's a... I, I don't remember if it's a dev post or an in-character post uh, from back in, like, Morrowind days where... Um, they explain it like uh, if a, uh, a like a town could exist in two places simultaneously, a person could be a lot could be dead and then uh, suddenly show up in someone's living room saying that they've always been alive and that there's no problems. Or another person could be you know, a two pe- a person could run into himself as a like alternate reality version, you know, with a goatee and an agonizer. And uh, um, and, st- and and that kind of stuff. Uh, and, yeah, and it's sort of like multiple rails colliding into the same spot to make an epic train crash. Thank you, not train whiz. And um, <laughs> and that's sort of like uh, uh, and and that does kind of do a, a pretty good way of describing it. Is it's sort of like all those sci-fi alternate reality plot lines all happening at the same time in the same place. And obviously, this is extremely disturbing. Um, People can people will actually experience being alive and dead at the same time, uh, and the w- the fallout from that is that Akatosh, once he realizes that once the personification of time starts to yeah giving birth to your own father, <laughs> um, once you start once once all of the timelines start to once the effect wears off basically, um, things have to be righted again. And that's when the Jills come out. The Jills are the daughter dragons of Akatosh and they are effect called the time menders. And their job is to go around and basically decide what's real, like what's actually happening. They, disc- they the Jills decide what's canon. 
<laughs> they're they're the anti-numidium kind of yeah they are they they yeah. go well they, they are and they aren't they go around and they've given a choice of five options they say four say they say no four times and yes once which is still better than numidium um <laughs> and so what they have to go uh things that would give the doctor a heart heart's attack <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because I'm seeing David Tennant going, it's a fixed point in time. And then look, look, looking around and going, well, bugger that. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's that's sort of like uh, uh, the Jills are supposed to uh, which text mentions the Jills. Any in-game ones? I don't fucking remember. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But also, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Jills are mentioned in in-game text somewhere in a very offhanded way. And then I believe the reason why uh, they came up at all on the forums, on the old Bethesda forums, was because somebody literally asked, what the hell's a Jill? And, um, oh, in the yeah. French translation in ESO. That, that's cool. Um, in the which, what? You broke up there. Hmm? What translation? In the French translation in ESO, apparently, of ESO. Oh, that they mentioned the Jills yes. directly. Yes, um, I, did, I do remember that. And so that's sort of one of the, uh, that's anyway, but they, uh, it's a rhyme book. <laughs> and so they have a, um, I wonder if, uh, I wonder how much influence, uh, uh, Schick had in the French translation for ESO because he's, he translates French stories all the time from, right. uh, Dumas. Maybe. So I, I would say probably quite a decent? bit, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, just to quickly go back to something though about mm -hmm. um, firsthand or secondhand uh, testimonials. T yeah, testimonials about dragon breaks. There is the book "Where Were You When the, the Dragon, dragon Broke," broke. Mm -hmm. and it talks to Korax uh, from Cyrodiil, a member of the Elder Council, Merha Nabisi, a Dunmer, Trian Mistress of the New Temple, Relethar, yep. Khajiit, Tender to the Main, and Manamarco, the God of Worms himself. Yeah. <laughs> which is great how, how did how did how do you think they sat him down do you think like they were like come on have some ha, come come with us and have some canis root tea and talk about dragon breaks and he's like well i, I am busy plotting and being generally evil but sure no i, I mean like, Michael probably it. like knocked on the author's like door and said yeah hi sit the fuck down i'm gonna tell you a thing and the guy's like uh okay <laughs> please don't kill me and raise me as a thrall i'll do what you say like, uh, he sat there funny. he sat down there on the way on the same way he sat for the next trial yeah i guess so yeah i like to imagine it very 60 minutes style very yeah, right formal. two people sitting opposite yeah. a bunch of lights yeah me too that's that's exactly <laughs> okay. what i was thinking yeah so mm. anyway skipping over the meme the way man marco talks about it is actually really interesting <laughs> he says and i quote as for myself, I was here and there and here again, like the rest of the mortals during the Dragon Break. How do you think I learned my mystery? The Marukari Selective showed us all the glories of the dawn so that we might learn simply, as above, so below. Mm -hmm. So that right there kind of tells you if you follow Mana Marco's whole shtick, um, it, that kind of lets you know how he came to be Manamarco is it was because of the dragon break and he sort of understood how it was working and was able to channel that into becoming the god of worms so, so that to me is really fascinating and something that could be like easily overlooked you're like oh hey that's cool they got a quote from the guy and just close the book not think well, like wait a minute that actually has really huge consequences 
Well, if this if you weren't already guessing that Manamarco's quote was written or possibly the entire document was written by Kirkbride, you're probably right, because <laughs> uh, as, as below, also above or as above, also below is associated with Hermeticism in the tarot. I'm re- literally reading mm-hmm. a Wikipedia entry right now because I couldn't remember the source of this quote. Um, mm-hmm. It comes from a 16th century scholar whose name I do not want to pronounce live on the air. Um, and it, uh, fra- the phrase can be taken to indicate that earthly matters must reflect the operation of the astral plane, particularly this is, by the way, the official quote is, as above, so below. So... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what what that means is that the the they say the as a, they say the microcosm reflects the macrocosm. So ideally speaking, this is sort of like a a um uh oh and and also uh this also sends up in a uh, uh a translation of the Lord's Prayer from Matthew six ten, which is uh a version a version of the Lord's Prayer. Prayer, Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. See the set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Yeah. Um, so it's a, uh, so it, it, but in, in this particular case, uh, in hermeticism at the very least, it's supposed to say that the, it's supposed to mean that the, um, the perfect machine resembles the perfect system resembles heaven. Um, so if it's a rule in heaven, you should endeavor to make it a rule on earth. Um, how well that works depends on who you are, I guess. Well, it also has to do with the fact that Akatosh is, depending on who you ask, an Etata and therefore an ancestor spirit, mm-hmm. right? So it's also like these are our ancestors, which also makes the whole as above, so below thing kind of relevant because you below are basically behaving the same way that your ancestors would behave or would have you behave. Mm-hmm. Which is why there's all the conflict between, you know, men and mare and all sorts of bullshit. Um, but uh, another thing to to derive importance from with regards to the importance of Akatosh, or rather specifically Ariel, because that's where the source comes from, uh-huh. is uh, it wasn't until he took form and emerged that linear time began. And then spirits were aware that they had like a past, a present and a future. Uh And that's really where we start to see um, linear time emerge Uh and sort of not yet the birth of uh, the dragon God of time, but definitely the God of time, you know, who who at this point actually still has very large associations with the sun at this point. You know, it's interesting that I, I just realized I may have made a mistake in thinking uh, in my logic here, which is that I assumed that without linear time, you can't have memory. But I don't think that's necessarily true, because that's the same kind of thinking that that's the same kind of real world physics thinking that makes you think that people breathe air in Tamriel, which is also not necessarily true. Um <laughs> Uh, so it is, I mean, so like, for example, if that theory was correct and that you can't have memory without linear time, then you could say that nothing, no entity that exists in, uh, uh, in the, uh, Aetherius has a memory of any kind, which I don't think is necessarily true. And I would (laughs) jump in and say, uh, it, it might be true without time. You can't have memory, but linear time destroys memory. 
you you forget overtime. That's true. Yeah, that could be that 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 could be valid. That sounds a little more Elder Scrollsy. Yeah, that you, yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also add a sort of side note, as it were, that um, memory doesn't begin with you know uh, Akatosh or Oriel and, and linear time. Memory begins um, after the first act of interplay between yes. um, that's Anu and, and, and Padme. And right. that's a constant that you see reflected in all the creation myths, where uh, I yeah. think I think for me, the Okinawan one puts it most succinctly, which is um, as uh, the old world died and the new world began anew, so too did spirits realize their place in it. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, so yeah. this is how things work. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, you know, because they can remember how things first started. And so right. that's kind of like, okay, well, without the interplay, they couldn't have had the opportunity to do that. So mm-hmm. that's really where it comes from, though. It would be kind of nice to ascribe such power to Akatosh. Um, although yeah. generally speaking, uh, and this is probably a good segue, Akatosh is very powerful, uh, even though we don't see him interacting um, as as an Aedra very much. Like we see mm-hmm. the Daedra, we know that they have far more power and influence over the mortal realm. But Akatosh is kind of a special case because he really doesn't like Lorcan. And Lorcan, despite <laughs> being the missing god, is goddamn pretty much everywhere. Yeah. He is he's under Red Mountain, he's in the sky, he sends mm-hmm. his avatars in the form of Shezarines mm-hmm. to be agents of change. So there's Akatosh, like, well, <clears throat> I got to do something. And mm-hmm. he's like, all right, here, I know this, you know, the, the Chimel Audible or whatever is technically the congealed blood of Lorcan, but he basically says to Aless- to Alessia or Alesha, however you pronounce it, hey, so here's the thing. Make a covenant with this symbol of a vagina and I will <sighs> protect the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. And then we also have Dragonborns, where Akatosh is like, all right, these are basically my answer to Lorcan's Shezarian. So have fun with that bullshit. And because he's the dragon god of time, he can also kind of say to Lorcan the whole, oh, hey, look at all this change. And, you know, Lorcan's like the tornado who goes through and changes everything up. And then Akatosh is the guy who goes in after to sweep it up and piece it all back together. So in many ways, he's a very involved Adra, which according to like our general understanding of Adra, shouldn't really be possible yet there's overwhelming evidence of it you know what i mean yep and and just to step in on one minor thing um akatosh's akatosh gave alessia his own heart's blood um which is also lorcan's heart's blood if other stories are to be believed, which I mean, well, yeah, because I thought I thought the whole that Chimel Audible was formed at the top of um, uh, White Gold Tower because when Akatosh shot Lorcan's heart to the east, some drops of blood dripped down on top of the tower, and that formed uh, the crystal. Well, that just depends on what story you want to believe, right? Uh, okay. Fair enough. The, Fair enough. the Red Diamond song says it fell into an Aeliad well and then crystallized, and then the Aeliads carved it into the gem. Or diamond crystal. Um, and then, so it says it's Lorcan's blood, 
and then in Oblivion, uh, I mean, I know it's a splash screen, like a load screen, but I know it's from some book, The Trials of Alessia. Yeah, it's The Trials of Alessia uh, that says that Akatosh used his own heart's blood and gave it to her as the covenant. Okay, but does that necessarily mean that's the the crystal or his own heart's blood to pump through her veins and therefore be dragonborn? It, is it clear on that or no? Yeah, it's it's clear. It, okay, it is right. Jamel Adabal that he makes with his own heart's blood. Uh, let me see if I can find the exact quote. Ooh, ooh, another way you could think about that is it's my own heart's blood because he recognizes that Lorcan's heart is his own heart. Mm-hmm. That could work. I actually really like that now. That's, well, that's part, my part of the idea behind Lorcan and Akatosh is that they are the same thing. They're divided. Red guards get it. That's yeah, why exactly. they're call. Yeah, it's 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 um it's uh Anu and Padme. You know, they're yeah. supposed to be the yeah, same exactly. thing. Exactly. So. It's 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 literally Anu and Padme is like what grandchildren mm-hmm. or great grandchildren mm-hmm. who are fighting. Um, Happy Satan nine nine nine, which is a fine username, asks uh, why. <laughs> Why Akatosh is depicted in the form of a dragon, and what is it about dragons uh, that are so special? I can actually give you a little bit of meta background on this. One of the reasons why, I mean, Akatosh was a dragon ever since um, Arena, I think. Uh, oh, but, hey, I just noticed. A uh, real white guar says, yo, someone shoot me an invite on mobile. So Lincoln Yeah, I, 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 I'm, hopefully I got him. Um, okay. So... Uh, <clears throat> One of the uh, one of the uh, first things that they started doing when they were revising Elder Scrolls lore for Morrowind and Redguard was they wanted to sort of put a line in the sand about dragons and establish them as being something other than big, powerful lizards that breathe fire. And uh, and so introducing all dragons as being some aspect of a. Uh, you know, of a of a of of time, or as they uh, as, as the original pitch was that dragons were organic time machines, um, and that they you know ate time or produced time or mended time or did something uh, similar was uh, was was basically that attempt. Slovakine's correct in the respect that dragons, in general, as a fantasy trope, represent you know royalty of some kind. Um, man, I still I really got to pull that drive. It's gonna slide <laughs> out of my computer any second now. <laughs> Um, um oh sorry go, go ahead and and it's uh uh but but i i'm i'm trying to come up with a reason in lore why dragons are or why dragons are considered to be powerful um or 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 are you know uh are supposed to be representations of power and i mean you don't really i mean you could argue they don't really need a reason because they're dragons and that why are they powerful it's because they're freaking powerful they're freaking dragons they're um you know well, I, I, I have something unless john's about to say the same thing yeah um, yeah well, i don't know maybe but ouroboros yes well that's, exactly that's, a, what that's I was a, gonna say so that, so that is the symbol of time really that links dragons to time well, but the Ouroboros is a um, is a symbol generated right. by man to represent a concept. It's not a it's it, it, so it, it like dragons did not get their uh, power or their royalty because of a thing called the Ouroboros. Right. I meant more like in a meta sense. 
Oh, well, like, sure. That might be where that came from. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, we're, I mean, I'm kind of trying to approach this from a practical side. Um, so what, like one of the, one of the, it's, it is, it is partially a cultural concept, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's also a concept that's, that's, uh, appreciated by divine creatures. For example, uh, Periite, um, you know, molds itself as a dragon in order to sort of poke fun at other divine creatures. And I got to go, I got a dog situation. Hold on. So like to, all right. So I feel like I, I get what Chris is, is saying about how like, sure, you know, we have the meta reason for the Ouroboros, but why did, you know, in, in terms of if we jump into the world of Tamriel as if it's real, why and how did dragons originate in the way and the shape they did and how Akatosh becomes a dragon god as opposed to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, as opposed to um, the sun god associated Ariel. Mm-hmm. My general understanding of, or, or not understanding, but um, reasoning for why they would take that shape uh, is that it's a continuation and an improvement mm-hmm. of um, the concept of the serpent of time, which was Satakal, because he's a giant space snake, basically. Right. Um, and uh, I can't remember where I read it, and it might be apocryphal, but it was something about how like um, the Akatosh of tomorrow uh, his wingspan uh, can't be comprehended because it represents the full breadth of possibility or something. Mm-hmm. And it's the possibility of tomorrow and the unknown and everything. Um, and that's also why we have like the quote tiger dragons of Akavir, which mm. is this future unknown land. Mm-hmm. So for me, the concept of the dragons and being time is they're more capable or a more perfect form of satakal who came before like he's literally he who came before mm-hmm. so that for me is why it's it's an improvement upon um the concept of just a snake and now you you put wings on a snake and you get a form of dragon i know there's like 30 different kinds of dragons and dragon serpents and whatnot mm-hmm. there's all kind right um so that 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 for me is kind of like the the most realistic point that we could go for like a lore based reason for why mm-hmm. they look like giant lizards. So that's the my idea. Yeah, so the wings on the serpent thing, that's actually been something I've thrown around in my head for a long time, basically since Oblivion. Um in Oblivion, when you're walking around Aelid ruins. Um, there is a statue of Ariel as an eagle or a hawk or some other sort of bird uh-huh. of prey. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Akatosh is this manized Ariel um, from the alien perspective, and Akatosh is a serpent, it just kind of one plus one to two wings on a serpent equals dragon. Uh-huh in the same sort of concept there. Right. Yeah. I like all these. <laughs> <laughs> We're um, luring. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, 
So I think earlier, I don't think we really quite answered somebody's question about how does one go about performing a dragon break? Um, one of the, uh, one of the, well, <laughs> one of the um, sort of uh, drawbacks of um, uh, personifying a, uh, a force of nature is that uh, you can sometimes come up with sort of metaphors to explain natural phenomenon, like a dragon break is what happens when an Akatosh gets temporarily distracted by something. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that's quite right. Uh, I, 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 I mean, it could be. <laughs> I mean, if for all we know, the concept of time in Elder Scrolls really does have a consciousness and a train of thought. That's entirely... Yeah, sure, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I like to think of it more like, uh, well, let, let's say you take the destruction of uh, Yokuda. Um, the destruction of Yokuda, according to some legends, happened because the Pancratosword technique was so incredibly powerful that it was able to um, basically break the <coughs> rules of nature. Uh, to um, and and this, you know, in the process of doing so, caused a giant cataclysmic event or explosion or something. Uh, the the legend of the destruction of Yakuta does not really go into which laws were violated, but Ooh, it, I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but you can assume that it was at least. Well, I, I would suggest that it's certainly one of one or more. One of those laws being the laws, the law of physical space. Uh, in other words, the um, yeah, to cut the uncuttable exactly. Uh, at least the laws that Lorcan contributed to, mm-hmm. but also probably to a certain degree um, a large number of other laws that don't have proper names. You know. Um, so, uh, and, and the fact that the Pancratosword technique was sort of alluded to be, a, a, if you want, a nuclear reaction of some kind, of splitting the atom, uh, a nuclear fission. Um, uh, just to, to add, I generally, like, that's one of two main options, I feel, with regards mm-hmm. to the Pancratosword, mm-hmm. is, like, nuke sword, which is awesome and fun. Yeah. Um, but as the infamous Todd Damrath and I have also discussed separately, it could also be the act of actually cutting Lorcan's heart. Right. Because his is that's the uncuttable, right? Or or some part of Lorcan, certainly. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And that's also how I've gotten to the theory of, well, you know, if you subscribe to that, mm-hmm. it's not that hard then to argue that that was the first known instance of Reach Heaven by violence, which is why Tamriel mm-hmm. Is all about reach heaven by violence because that's how Anu broke the previous dream by cutting the uncuttable, and that's reflected in him. Like basically, you know, you sort of, sort of subscribe to the notion that Anu was Yokuda, and that's right. his memory of the world he came from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you subscribe to that, nuke swords are still also a okay in my book. Yeah, that's uh, Matthew points out that it might admit that the concept of, by when they say that they split the atomos or the uh, the un, the un, indivisible. It was more of a philosophical or metaphor. It was more of a metaphor for what happened than a literal statement. Um, yeah. And, and that's, yeah, that, that, yeah, that completely works too. Um, the, the, the Pancrato sword catastrophe is one of those things that 
I mean, I, I don't want a whole lot of info on it. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I, I it's one of those things where I like having a lot of different possibilities for what actually happened. Um, so hey, if man, you start, people should go to my page, Land of Song. I like I've routinely talked about it in the past. Yeah. About various different ways of what it might mean, how it's important, what actually might have happened. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's there's there's good stuff there. Uh, that's, uh, it, we can talk about other things like what the, um, uh, Marukati selectives did, which was to perform a, a ritual of some kind to, uh, to break the dragon on top of a tower of some kind of one sort. Yeah. That's, that's usually how I understand it is breaking the dragon involves some kind of a tower. Yeah. So in the case of the it middle dawn, it required a white gold tower. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to talk about the about convention and setting up of like actual time, the ending of the Dawn era that required the adamantine tower. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about Numidium and the warp in the West? Well, guess what motherfucker? That's the tower. tower. Mm-hmm. Numidium is a tower. And the um, so, yeah. quest line used the staff of towers. So yeah, it, right. it's always related to a tower. Yeah. I would, I would also suggest that the, um, the trick, the, the trick about the towers is that, uh, the, to to really get the actual juice of what's going on in in an Elder Scrolls plotline, you have to start thinking about towers in very abstract metaphorical terms. So, um, towers are in 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 uh in metaphysics, towers are structures built to protect um something. I, I don't even want to be specific about what it is. It can be um, your soul. It can be a uh, a secret. It can be knowledge. It can be um, any you know a, a huge range of things. But it doesn't have to always be. Um, but so so when so what, let me let me back that up. So when that you when you start talking about brass, the uh, walks as brass, the 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 um, the numidium as a tower, you have to consider what that tower is trying to protect. Uh, what is it? What's its secret, basically? And um, in this particular case, that tower's secret is the power that allows it to do what it does. Um, what does Jubal Lansul do in uh, in Coda? He um, literally is the he's the thief that raids the tower and steals its secret. And in doing so, he defeats the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, 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 so what did the Marukati selectives do? They found a tower, scaled it, got to the top. In other words, the the secret location of the they found the secret of the tower and then exploited it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, provided the tower is of significant enough power, um, that's that's what it takes to dra- to break the dragon. If that's what you want to do, uh, you just need you you. I guess what you need if 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 the if your question in general is what does it take to break Akatosh the or to cause a dragon break the answer is um, the means the motive and um, the opportunity that's all it takes uh, and it, it doesn't really it, 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 if you get abstract enough with the with the with the uh, the tower and the uh, the, the the holy trinity um, metaphor you can get, apply it to damn near anything. So, um, awesome. um, what's with all the phall- phallic and uh, vaginal imagery in the Elder Scrolls? Uh, Matthew, dude, yeah, yeah, <laughs> everywhere. Like, That's metaphysics in general, man. That's mysticism in general. It's all about everybody's junk. It's <laughs> oh yeah, 
I mean, it's about it's at, 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 and it, at its at its sor- at its source. Metaphysics is about creation, and what what better example of creation can we have than reproductive processes? So, yeah, exactly. Um, although I'm just like, please forgive me for what I'm about to say, but um, <laughs> uh, say it and I'll decide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I kind of had this idea. You know how you have the term "Hey kid, to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs." Uh, okay. In the mm-hmm. case of "Hey and Tamriel, if you want to make a change, you got to break, break a, a few, few towers. Dragons. Yeah. Oh, got to break a few dragons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'll work. So, yeah, I feel bad for that. Yeah, but that's all right. Also not really. We'll put it. We'll put it on the back of a CD cover. And okay, yeah. cool. Um, a tower powerful enough to pierce the heavens. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, 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 yo, bend mm-hmm. the bones that otherwise cannot break. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. Uh, I, I, it's. There are um, when when we talk about Akatosh and his and the interpretation of Akatosh in other cultures in Tamriel, nine times out of ten, it's supposed to be some kind of a um, the entity is supposed to be some kind of a, a god of order, or sometimes a, straight outright a god of time. Uh, but in Elven mythology, uh, it's almost always a like the forces of good. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Manish philosophy, it's not always. Sometimes it's the forces of limitation. And in one very specific northern religion, it doesn't seem to be entered in at all. It's just the one. Um, well, I would disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in, in one very specific northern religion that splits off into two, it's still mm-hmm. destruction. Sure. It's it's or or the uh, catalyst of the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I will I will argue till the end of time that uh, the dragon is the adversary, right? So, uh, but but that's that's t- that's when you're sort of applying a uh, a Marish. Uh, excuse me, a Manish uh, frame uh, st- uh, frame of mind. Um, from the Marish frame of mind, the dragon is the thing that you follow. Absolutely, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, Akatusk is yeah. It's a it's Aka from a previous Kalpa. Mm-hmm. It's um it's sort of a, a Nordic version of Akatosh, considering that we were talking about the Eldadaga. Um, yeah, it's the it's the what. Uh, uh, White House. Oh, uh, MK. Mm. So, uh, Kirkbride said, uh, Akatosh was created, or sorry, Akatusk was created because the Elno Fey needed a time dragon. Right. And, and that's basically what he is. Uh, why Tusks? Because we're talking about, uh, uh, a culture that, um, is very conscious of things like, you know, uh, mammoths. Mammoths and horkers and horkers and yeah and yeah and bit giant cats with big teeth. <laughs> um, it, it's a it's a cultural uh, affectation. I don't I don't think it's necessary necessarily a um yeah um uh, uh, on one hand I want to say something like you don't necessarily have to take it literally and then on the other hand I'm like you should take that literally. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I suppose we could have done a little bit more research and talked about how Akatosh was worshipped 
in various religions, but I didn't do that. Um, the tusks have symbolism. Shore, son of shore, suggests it might just actually, Matthew. That's a very good point. My my knowledge of uh, every time I read Shore, son of shore, I get cross-eyed. So I don't really. What What was the question? Uh, I don't, uh, the tusks it. have symbol have a have a symbolic value of some kind, um, or a consistent symbolic value, which is probably true. Um, the the consistent symbolic value that I can see, there might be more to it, but. Um, it seems to be uh, power or kingship of some sort. Oh, that would um, make sense. A little bit like horns. It, it, yeah, much like yeah. horns. So, I mean, it, going with the culture aspect, mammoths and horkers are big ass dangerous animals that can murder you. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I can never remember his name, but the guy who fights Mirak had tusks on his mask and he was the leader of the dragon priests. Um, AM has tusks on her mask. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then Akatos or Akatusk, who is the usurper who becomes King with the tusks. So yeah, yeah I, I think it's sort of a royalty or nobility sort of symbolism. Mm -hmm. There's a number of dragon masks that have tusks as well. I think. Yeah, no, it's, it's just the one. Just the one? Okay. It's just the one. All right. Man, I can't remember his name. I don't know. <laughs> um, let's see. Anything else we need to add? Uh, Connor Rick. There you go. Anyway. There you go. Orcs use tusk as a euphemism for penis. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tusks are directly tied with the cyclical nature of time on Mundus. Well, that's, that's Akatosh's power. Um, in Shore, Son of Shore, during the scene of convention, Shore draws a circle around the floor of the adamantine tower with a tail mouth tusk, which then breaks with a keening sound. So tusks are directly tied with the cyclical, cyclical nature of time on Mundus. It's because that's Akatosh's, mm -hmm. okay. that's what Akatosh does, is he creates the circle. Yep. He, um, yeah. Instead of everything happening all at once, Akatosh shows up and says, we're doing this in a round. Almalexia's <laughs> mm -hmm. mask has tusks. Oh, oh, oh true. I think those are yeah. those are um, those are fangs because she's the face snake face snaked queen of the three and one. Those are fangs. Yeah. Um. Anybody got anything else to add? <clears throat> I figured this was going to be quick, so I'm not worried. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well. It's a shame Andrew hasn't gotten in just Yeah, he yet. did have some notes. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the next time we do this, we can pick up anybody who wasn't here today can pick up a few points that they may have wanted to raise. So, Right. Okay. Um, I guess the only other thing uh, that's worth mentioning uh, about Akatosh that we didn't really touch on is the concept of his madness. Right. Which Why do you think he would be mad? Shagarth is the mad god, mm -hmm. but yet we're told that Akatosh has like many different madnesses because even he can't really keep time mm. necessarily straight in his own head. Like he's the god of time, but right, he well, himself is kind of like messed up by it. Well, that also there's the well Johnny Anonymous points out that all gods are nuts, and frankly, um. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> but there's also the depiction of Akatosh in 
uh, Oblivion is is he's the two headed god, the dual right. aspect god. Well, the dual aspect is due to um, his association with uh, Tiber Septum. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but Same also, difference. I would probably say the reason why Akatosh has such a is so frequently portrayed as being out of his mind is because Akatosh is an Adra is not supposed to be thinking linearly. Um, one of the reasons why a lot of the Adra fled the way they did was they saw what happens when you when the Adra take on these the the their uh, the responsibility of being linear of being rules. Um, that's not the way Adra are supposed to exist. Uh, in a way, all of the laws of nature, all of the Adra are completely out of their minds because they're not supposed to be doing what they're doing by their very nature. They're not supposed to be doing it. So. Uh, when you're talking about entities that are their entire essence is what they are, and then they try to change that into something that they're clearly not, they're going to go crazy. I mean, uh, for those of you playing Selectos Bingo, you can tick off to Jung. Um, if you try to, Carl Jung suggests that if you act against your nature continuously or dramatically against your nature, um, it'll be extremely unpleasant. And if you do it long enough, it'll drive you crazy. You'll become unbalanced. Uh, which makes a lot of sense. So you don't have to know anything about psychology for that to make sense. If you if you do something that is the antithesis of everything you stand for, uh, it's going to it's going to drive you crazy. You know, um, I, I I I don't even have to point out to real life for that. I mean, you can watch a million and one movies written about stuff like that. Um, so it's not uh, it's I don't think it's any surprise to anybody that Akatosh is out of his gourd. That's just I mean that was. It, depending on who, who whose story you believe, that was part of the agreement, or that was part of the punishment, or it was part of the trap. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, could be either of those. Mm -hmm. um, so beyond that, the only other thing I can think of is uh, the now famous book from Skyrim, "All Doing Ent Akatosh. Yeah, <laughs> and how that kind of loops back to sort of where we started about how there are different aspects or different facets of the same mm -hmm. shard as it were right and i mm -hmm. think even matthew schroeder brought that up early early on when i started mm -hmm. talking about it on how like yeah they're all kind of different but they're all part of the same thing um yeah. <clears throat> like the same oversoul i guess mm -hmm. uh, on that note uh just in case we get people who are more newish uh can we touch on the first son or first born of Akatosh. Hmm? Uh, you mean Alduin? Yeah. Uh, the concept of dragons being Akatosh's children. Um, okay. So, <laughs> Adra don't necessarily have biological children. No. So... Well we do we are generally familiar with the con yeah it is a metaphor matthew we we exactly. do generally understand that the the the, the concept of subgradients by now I, th I think most people in the lore community have kind of gotten their heads around that pretty good um sure. the idea that every time you step down in a dimension so from Aetherius to munda to oblivion to mundus um and every time uh, an act of creation happens you have what they call subgradients, which is um, which which is a uh, uh, is everybody familiar with the I Ching at all? Not really. Uh, all right. Hold on a second. I'm going to 
I'm going to switch over to a temporary screen while I, uh, oops, wrong button, while I, uh, while I sort this out. In my browser, I want to find an image. Oh my god, AFK, BRB, LOL. LOL. It's LOL. LOL. Um... Um, open image in Newtown. Ooh, that looks like butt dirt. Okay. Uh, how about this one? No. The fuck is that? <laughs> um. So basically, the I Ching is a uh, an Asian structure of um of logic, I guess you could call it, uh, of it's, it's a, it's a model to d demonstrate the structure of the world. And, um, the I Ching actually, I believe translates to 64 hexagrams or 64 trigrams. And, uh, it's used in a lot of, uh, Asian mysticism, predominantly in Taoism. And I'm trying very hard to find a diagram that will explain how they're structured. And um, I'm not finding anything uh, that's easy to read. <laughs> but basically, um, all of the I Ching starts with a... Uh, you know what? We're going to go with the most fundamental and, frankly, kind of craptacular image I can find. Um, no, that's misleading. Okay, this one. Uh, All right, uh, we're going to shoot with this. Okay, so oh, now you know it's actually because the chat's covering that up. Uh, all right, so you have uh, at its core, uh, the I Ching comes entirely from the combination of two forces, uh, uh, the yin and the yang. Yeah. Um, these two forces represented by the colors black and white Everybody's got, everybody is already on board. This is an analog for Anu and Padme. It's um, change and order. Okay. From there, and this is what I was trying to, uh, having difficulty finding, uh, you have two, uh, well, these two are represented as a, uh, a solid line and no, go away. A solid line and a broken line. So this is a solid line right here. I hope my mouse is big enough on this. Um, and yes, eight spokes. That's right. Slovakine. You're, you're, you're catching on quickly. <laughs> um, so there's a, there's a line here and, uh, uh, let me, let me get you guys a, a link to, um, what it is that I'm talking about in, in the uh, call. I think that'll work. If you try clicking on that link, you might get the same image that I have. And yes. Uh, okay. So you've got, uh, uh, you've got, Basically, two symbols here that arrive from that, either a, a line with a dash in the middle of it, a broken line or a solid line. And then from those two, you then create four variations, which is uh, um, that which is to say you have two lines, two solid lines, um, two broken lines, uh, a solid line on top and a broken line on the bottom, and then a broken line on top and a solid line on the bottom. And then when you then combine those symbols together, you get these eight lines, which we're looking at here, uh, or the Bagua, the uh, eight, uh, eight tri trigrams. Uh, and th this is sort of the intrinsic uh, beginning of Taoist 
uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, basically yin yang, uh, yin yang uh, thought. Uh, depending on what religion we're talking about, uh, what what philosophy we're talking about, they mean different things. Here, you've got uh, philosophical concepts like uh, the mountain, the water, wind, heaven, valley, fire, thunder, etc. Well, yeah, because because the the symbols are all sort of opposite, right? So the three mm-hmm. broken lines are directly opposite the one that's three solid lines. Exactly. The one that has a solid line on top and two broken lines on the bottom mm-hmm. is, is the, exact the opposite, opposite of right? exactly. So, and so th- thunders, sorry, no, like mountain, valley, like that's the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the uh, opposite of mountain is valley. The opposite of heaven is earth. The opposite of of wind is thunder. The opposite of fire is water. It all lines up perfectly. Um, this is, and by the way, for those of you who do like to do world building, um, this is kind of one of the things that bothered Kirkbride when he was building the um, the concept of the Adra and uh, and 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 metaphysics in Elder Scrolls in general is that the things that the Adra are rep- that the things that the Adra represent do not line up perfectly in a Bagua style um, structure. Um, so you have the, t- you have the God of time and the God of space. Great. That lines up perfectly. And then you have the God of, um, um, I hate undead. <laughs> and then you have the God of, uh, a commerce or justice. And, and, uh, and then you have the God of love. And then you've got the God of also love. And uh, you see what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So, so they don't, they don't line up nearly as well. And, and because the Adra were supposed to be influenced by early elder scrolls religions, it stands to love and love burden serpent. Eh. So it, it, uh, uh, it, because they were supposed to be influenced, they were basically supposed to be the very first gods ever worshiped on, um, on Mundus, they should have logically, like psychologically speaking for humans, they should have represented extremely primal forces. Uh, but instead you've got one God that seems to be representing m- m- like marriage or commerce or exchange or something that doesn't really line up. That's a cultural, that's, that, that's like the, the, the uh, historically speaking, the idea of exchange is something that happens much further in the development of the human psyche. Um, the counter argument to that, and one that I actually quite like, is that um, ta- mortals on Tamriel were never primitive. That they came into existence and immediately had inherited a, um, a culture of some kind from their okay. creation de- deities. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So um, so these these more complex gods that show up in the eight Adra, these more the more concept co- complex concepts sort of work. The problem with that is that what they don't do is they don't form a a, 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 a science of metaphysics that's relatively feasible for an author to use. <laughs> Um, to, to create an entirely new metaphysical structure based on really complex concepts like commerce or, um, one God that, that is just sort of the domain of the dead doesn't really work. It's just, well, I mean, it works. It, It could theoretically work, but it's appallingly difficult. And as you guys know, 
Kirkbride was basically uh, uh, contracted to write 40 in-game books in a week, which, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, he got 36 of them bitches done and then a couple <laughs> of extras, you know, and that's that's what we got. And it's considered a damn miracle in the video game industry that anybody was able to write that stuff in, in a week. So I, I believe he Kirkbride is on record as saying uh, a lot of it was written in like a flurry of cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, actually last week, uh, Andrew was talking to him on Reddit about it. Mm-hmm. And he said he basically thanked his roommate at the time for leaving him offerings of beer, cigarettes, and pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pray um, at the altar of the Alec, bring these offerings. <laughs> um, and that's sort of why, uh, that that's well yeah actually uh Tord is po- pointing out a really interesting point that a lot of cultures claim to come from a previous kalpa which l- would lead which you might be able to surmise that that means that the uh culture that these cultures have been in evolution for millennia um and uh uh and, and so what we're looking at is not you know uh from the dawn age uh, to now is the entire span of culture. It's been actually something that's been working on, been worked on for a really long time. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, look how often, just as an example, the Red Guards like sail yeah. to new places when shit gets mm-hmm. tough, or they go to the far shore as a place of waiting where they're just kind of preserving the memory. Yep. That's and right. also, um, Red Guards have gods who change their name. Like, Oh yeah, Tal Papo. Yeah, he actually used to be called Rupka, but no one gives mm-hmm. shit about that name anymore. Yeah, Tuaka was the god of nobody really cares before he became this god. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know even gods change, man. Yeah. So along cool. that, there was a new thing that happened in uh, elsewhere where one of the one of the ghosts mentioned that he was going to go to the sand behind the stars and wait for the next pounce. Right. So Ooh. even <laughs> even there pretty aware of this cycle mm-hmm. yeah i was just reading an article earlier today specifically about elsewhere where the uh the uh the author was talking about how he was spending a lot of time in the elsewhere expansion just running dungeons and stuff and he because he was doing the first quest for the the first main quest and elsewhere and he was just like i don't really care about this and he said uh eventually he got around to doing the to getting to like the second and third part of that and he said D- do not overlook the main quest and elsewhere it's supposed to be really really good it is so, it is yeah. very good yeah i'm i'm looking no forward spoilers. to getting back into it this week yeah no i'm i i can't spoil it i haven't done any of it i'm i'm actually yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to getting back in back, getting my claws back into it this week so it'll be nice i get it mm-hmm. these cats have claws mm-hmm. Um, stream it. I doubt it very seriously. Uh, I, I just, I, it, it's, it's really, honestly, it's just gotten to the point now where I can't continuously do one thing for more than about an hour and a half. Um, not because my life is so unpleasant and I've got all these distractions and stuff. I'm just old and I can't pay attention to things. I'm <laughs> <laughs> How old are you by the way? Cause I feel old and I'm 30. I'm going to be 45 in July. Oh, dang. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, it's a it yeah, but I I just sort of yeah. Thanks, Matthew. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, great. <laughs> um. You you are definitely like the veteran elder council of us lore beards. I'm just I'm we're, all, we're all these scrappy whippersnappers. Th- th- thanks for that, Sylvakine. Here's here's a secret: shave your head, don't have kids. That's it. <laughs> that's how <laughs> that's go. how you look good at 45. Is to, don't don't have kids and shave your head. 
Um, some people can't see how gray you are and, uh, <laughs> and you don't get stressed out of your mind dealing with a little rugrats. So, yeah. There you go. Um, no, I, uh, I don't think that, uh, I, 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 well, okay. So I don't remember how I got into the damn beaching. Sorry. Um, because uh, yeah, I kind of brought it up, uh, indirectly by talking about, um, Alduin, Ain't Akatosh, and then that led us into um, the discussion briefly about Shore, Son of Shore. Oh, it was, yeah. And then... We were talking about subgradients, and... um, Yeah. Yeah, and And that's sort of... Uh, and and what I was trying to get at with the with the concept of the uh, I Ching was that each one of these iterations, from the first to the to the four different uh, steps, and then to these eight steps, is considered to be a subgradient. Is uh, so what you're seeing here now is what in a way what you could be looking at here if 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 Kirkbride had his druthers and could go back and rewrite the entirety of the Elder Scrolls lore system from the ground up. What he would be doing is he would be taking the God of Order and the God of Chaos, and then he would be, and then like the, all eight of these would be one, would this be a God, this would be eight gods. And so you'd have this eight, this God right here would be um, dominantly order, and this God would be dominantly chaos, and this God would be mostly order, chaos and a little bit of order and so on. And he would create personalities for all of these. But, and, it, and this is what's very important to the I Ching, is that uh, yin and yang, but these little dots are very relevant. They're not, they're not there by accident. The, this, the shape of this um, symbol is supposed to indicate constant interplay. They're constantly fighting, sort of. Um, that's why it looks like it's swirling. But the little dots mean that even the forces of yin and the forces of yang are not pure. There is no purity in the I Ching uh, met, uh, uh, metaphysics. You're always a little bit of black, you know, in, in all this. It's always a little bit of white in all of this. Well, there, yeah, and I've heard some people describe it also as seeing the bad in the good and the good yes, in the bad. Exactly. This is sort of like when you take, uh, when, when, yeah, when you're, when you're talking about um, uh, the, the, the way that a person could play a chaotic evil character but still do good things or a lawful good character and do bad things. <laughs> Um, the, the, it's the, it's the same thing. Uh, so, um, when when you talk about the interplay back and forth between Padme and Anu, and uh, you're you're still talking about two force, two very primary forces that are fighting each other, and then when you get down to Akatosh and Lorcan, you're talking about several subgradients of Anu and Padme that are now duking it out with each other, but their relationship is much more complex. It's not black versus white. It's shades of gray versus it's a lighter shade of gray versus a darker shade of gray. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lighter shade Um, of pale. Yeah. Also, I would just like to point out, I am really close to bingo. (laughs) Um, Should I mention uh, the new Harry Potter eBooks that are coming out in a minute? No, no, no. But there's another famous book. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, uh, if I suppose I could probably talk a little bit about uh, me and Jonathan could probably talk a little bit about the new uh, 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 Warhammer 40K paint line. That's no, no, up, it's so. a book that. Uh, no, you're talking about Dune. About. <laughs> it looks good. Looks yeah. good. You're talking about Dune, I think. Yeah. So oh, yeah. someone just wants to. There you go. 
mentions um, something about Dune in a relevant capacity. Like, not I, just I like, can't make oh, it relevant. Yeah, here, Dune reference, and then I click it. Like, no, if someone has sorry, a relevant reason relevant. to bring up Dune, then I have bingo. I'm sorry. I can't make it relevant in any way. Although, I mean, I, I do want to sort of nerd out about that. Uh, what is it? The um, House Delicu? Delicu? Something like that in Necromunda? That look a lot like um, guild guild navigators from Dune. Oh man, they really do. They do. They do, don't they? They really yes. do. The worms in Kodar are wingless dragons. Hey, there you go. Shai Hulud is a symbol for um, the concept of order because Shai Hulud um, uh, purifies all things. Hmm. And there's a prayer that they do. What was it? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, you guys have a better idea than me. I don't know. Uh, may his passage cleanse the world. There it is. See, that's that's Alduin right there. Almighty Shai Halud, keeper of balance. Bless the maker and his water. Bless the coming and going of him. May his passage cleanse the world. Fire cleanses things. Fire, yeah, maybe, but I mean, yeah. what we're—I ta- mean, it's—it's Alduin all over again. May his passing right. cleanse the world. Yeah, right. well, there you go. There's your there's your relevant Dune uh, comment. Woo-hoo! Right. Yeah, there you go. All right, don't forget to yeah. cash that in at up front. There's an old lady who takes your uh, ticket. Mm. Sweet. Okay, so I think we're done on that ridiculous piece of nonsense. Um, <laughs> thank, thank you for entertaining me. Um, <laughs> what's next uh, after Akatosh? It's um, RK. RK. That's right. Terrific. Um, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll get to bring it back to Yokota. That's right. <laughs> um, thanks everybody for showing up. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, if you and you're not subbed to the channel, go ahead and. Uh, wait, I'm not doing this like a whore. Um, don't forget to smash that LB on my YT and ring that bell for updates. Um, there you go. Like, Please enable me to be a like, share, and subscribe. That's right. Yeah, follow me on Twitter. Fucking, I don't know. Whatever. I'm old. Our link to our donation page will be below. We don't have. We don't have a donation page. We don't have one, but it had to be said. It's my okay. bank account. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. But, but uh, everybody, pretend like you have your webcams on and wave goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>